0: Welcome to the Dad Bod Pod, episode three. We have Seth as our guest today and your host, Jamie and Matt. Yo. So, first of all, Seth, could you give us a little background, a little bio information, who you are, what team you manage in the league, any significance of the team name? Because I know <laughs> you're always pushing the issue there. <laughs> And then, um, yeah, just where, where can we find you? Any, any podcast, any Twitter, Instagram? Where, where should people find you?
1: What a wonderful promotional opportunity. Uh, this is Seth, by the way, uh, coming to you live on episode three. <laughs> and I'm, this is such a gift uh, to be a part of uh, to all, all the people out there. I am figuring out kind of who I am and what comes next. I guess the short version I say is I'm a grassroots organizer, a Charlottesville native, a pastor, an educator, a nonprofit consultant. I'm starting to sound like Philip Seymour Hoffman and the master. I do many, many things. And I... Um, my Twitter handle is RevSethDub, and I've just tried my own hand at a podcast. You can follow along and listen uh, at F-F-F, that Podcast: Faith, fantasy, and football, sometimes all at once. Taking a look at some of the issues of the day through the lens of this thing we love so much. <laughs> we'll see if it uh, takes off. It's not as good as this podcast. Right now, in the aftermath of all that Charlottesville has become known for in the past year and a half, and having been kind of immersed and entangled in all of that, uh, partly based on what we did, I'm just excited to turn a new page and look forward. Uh, starting
2: now. That's awesome. Thank, thanks, Seth, for uh, for some 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 good good background. Um, there's there's just so much to cover in this episode. I feel like we got a, we've had a lot <laughs> a lot going on. Obviously, draft day is uh, is in the bag and. Um, a lot has happened. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> All before opening kickoff.
0: All before opening kickoff, and gonna try to keep it from sounding frantic, but we're working. We're working against the clock here, and uh, yeah, we have a, a subscriber base of about twelve. Yeah. But as I thought, it was, I thought it was seven. It's it's about twelve. And as they say, they're not ungrateful; <coughs> they're just impatient. So right. we're we're trying to get these out weekly. So this is a red zone podcast. This is this is going to come fast and furious. But let's let's start with a quick draft overview. Uh, we had the draft. I it got rowdier than I was expecting, but it was a ton of fun. My favorite quote was from Travis. He was <laughs> just over the moon. He was completely over the moon. But is that a euphemism for wasted? <laughs>
2: He did fall down in our kitchen. Wow. Uh, We're just... I I saw
0: his legs flop up. I was... um, That was unusual. This is audio, so there's no (laughs) video proof of this. And Travis, I'm not throwing you under the bus. I don't know where these guys are going with that. I'm just saying Trav had a really good time. I had a really good time. He also had a really good draft. I think most people had a really good time, and most people are pretty happy with with their draft outcomes. But uh, in some... Secret Patreon subscriber only content We kind of went through the draft grades Who had wins and losses So we don't have to spend too much time on that People in the league can can go to that That secret content and hear more of that draft analysis But I do want to I do want to touch on it And just talk a couple, couple quick things uh, The one thing that, that re- Really reached out to me I saw I saw a couple of questionable selections And I think it's worth Mentioning the mistakes that I think people made uh, the first one, and we'll get into much much more detail later with some trade analysis. But Seth, Seth took Joe Mixon in the second round and immediately regretted that decision. So that that was the biggest mistake, um, as evidenced by Seth. Some, f- some some <laughs> some some future trades. And uh, I recommend you go and to listen to <laughs> Seth's podcast for more explanation on that. The second one. Was Caleb taking Alshon Jeffrey and admitting himself that he did not know that he was injured?
2: What, what, what round was that?
0: And I I don't know what round it was, but he, he regretted it not knowing that he's coming back from that shoulder injury. And it's a little unclear of when he'll start, but definitely not the first three weeks. Did he try to blame it on that Idaho air? Uh, I don't know. He was on top of a mountain, not in person, but he, he did not have the information he needed to make, make a, a correct selection there. And then the last one, I uh, I wasn't paying attention and auto drafted Jared Goff. And anytime that the clock runs out on you and you auto draft, gotta own up to your mistakes. And I ended up with Jared Goff, which I am not upset about, but it was it was not the the pick I would have made there. So
2: I mean, your your mistake was my loss. I I, I was planning to grab him in the next round.
0: Yeah, and Matt, you've said that basically your targets rounds five through nine mm. got selected before you wanted them. Uh, tell tell us a little bit more of who who you think uh, got really good value in those rounds. Who were you targeting?
2: I definitely expected Jamal to come around to me in the sixth. Uh, that did not work out. Um, shocked by that. And then I was looking for Rashad Penny. That did not work out. Uh, Aaron Jones. Uh. <clears throat> I have to admit, every single person I think I was targeting in, yeah, yeah, in the middle rounds was 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 gone. It's so, an RB uh,
1: happy league. It was an RB. I couldn't. Heavy I couldn't. Be,
2: I couldn't believe it. I mean, obviously, I I took some whiteouts um, in the top four rounds and needed some running backs. <laughs> needed some running backs. forgot for me in, in the later rounds, and that they just weren't there. Uh, I know? think we're blessed
1: with hashtag blessed with a good problem, which is that a draft day was such a success because I think for the first time, everyone was really bought in and dialed in, paying attention, and I'm a little worried that we're all reading the same articles, and so I thought several players would be available to me in rounds five through nine that were not, and so it became all of a sudden this game of one-umpsmanship where the dominoes started falling, and all of a sudden it's what Doug Martin in round seven uh, for me.
0: Yeah, Doug, Doug you Martin. Took, you took Doug mm-hmm. Martin in round is, seven is, I think later, but
1: I think it felt that that was all who was left. Um, yeah,
0: is Doug Martin on the waiver wire right now?
1: I did drop him for Giovanni Bernard, yeah. who happens to be Joe Mixon's
0: <laughs> backup. <laughs> Who was dropped by Zach?
2: Well, I've I've got Marshawn, so that's that's good to know.
0: There's there's back been a back. lot of maneuvering post post draft, so <laughs> <laughs> that waiver wire is active, and we will we'll get to that in a little bit as well. But overall, great draft. Um, once again, something we covered in episode two point five. But Stephen Luck coming in with the value based draft app. That's right. Paid, I believe two ninety nine. It might have only been one ninety nine, but. He wasn't just trusting the stickers this year, partly because no one could with that alphabetical
1: order. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but shout-out to I, Steven. I like, his, I like his team. For putting in a small investment, could pay off in the end run. There's money at stake here. so yeah. Well None of us might see him until next year's draft, but he could win it all. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's on my soccer team. I see him almost every week. Go. But um, Great play, Stephen. Also... I want to give a draft shout-out to Sumner, who came in, is not an owner in the league. He just came to the draft, um, was was a big part of it, but he kept kept people accountable with the clock, which was huge, because that was, I wouldn't say a debacle last year, but definitely more frantic with the way that you know, it kind of rotated from person to person, round to round. We had a lot of sub-drafters last year, too. Yeah, so him coming in and just... Just really focusing on the draft clock and keeping people accountable there. Like I said, clock ran out on me. I the also yacht. say he was he was pretty soothing when I would walk up there and uh, no
2: longer have any idea who to pick because you know rounds five through ten, everybody wanted was gone. Sumner was um, holding us in the palm of his hand. He was sand. just like, Matt, how about this guy? <laughs> how about this guy? Uh, which you know, uh, a couple times I might have gone with the the, the Sumner the Sumner recommend- yeah. recommendation.
0: So, I I personally think everybody in the league owes Sumner a beer, but shout out to Sumner. (coughs) There's another interesting thing that I have in draft night. Um, So, we were very close to switching both to an auction format for the draft and making the league a keeper league, which I think is interesting in a league like this to kind of have a little bit more of a long-term focus instead of this Mm season-to-season jump with the redraft league. Um, there's a lot of different perspectives about this, but due to the anonymous polling system that Travis implemented, which we have maligned pretty extensively in can previous I, episodes... Can so we I ever find out? Can I confess real quick? Oh! Wow, we've got an on-air confession, so I actually, yes.
2: I actually voted twice. <laughs> so As yes and
0: a no? <clears throat> no, no, no.
2: So I voted Uh-oh. the same way both times, but <laughs> Travis kept sending these emails. I'm And... You know, people weren't responding. So I just kind of. Two times. I'm pretty sure that's a casually casually, yeah. <laughs> yeah. casually clicked. And I was like, oh, it's letting me, you know, take the survey again. So why not? Uh, I have to admit, I did vote in favor of auction. I think I voted in favor of Keeper as well. I actually can't remember. Um, but, you know, it, it didn't matter in the end. So who cares?
0: But yeah, as we discussed in episode two with Zach Robbins, there was one damn naysayer. And right. I thought, Still unknown I thought we would find out about it at the draft No one stepped forward But we, we have three possible people that said it might have been me uh, Drew said it could have been him somewhat accidentally But the yeah. fact that we, we don't know who voted what Can't confirm that Caleb Fleming said it might have been him But he was also thinking about leaving the league So he thought his vote wouldn't count But also hasn't confirmed that he voted no there uh, Trey was another person that said it could have been him he 's not right. sure, but regardless of whether or not it was him he 's actually happier that it 's a redraft league than than auction keeper so
1: What became interesting was that this ultimately became a debate on the authority that accrues to our commissioner because hmm. in the wording of the questions, and this is how fascism yeah, is how terrible. fascism begins. Mm. There was a lot of wiggle room between the letter of the law and the spirit of the law. So I think the majority of the league voted to totally. say, like, I'm open to it. I'm open to it. And then that somehow got packaged up into we're doing it. And that's how I understand those first kind of podcast episodes and votes. Yeah. And yet here we are doing it the same way as we always have, because democracy I mean,
0: One out. Not, well, not democracy. <clears throat> it's one person. It's it right. one person. Right. And Travis... Right. Said, I'm not willing to leave one behind. So there, there may be biblical precedent there. <laughs> so, you know, who who am I to say? But he's our shepherd.
2: But if, if you were in charge, Seth, what would you have done? What, 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 how would, would you prefer? Hey, let's do let's do this option thing. Or Are you glad with how? I, I was
1: wrong. one of those people who was open to it. I resonate a lot with our current commissioners. There's no going to be maligning or malignancy here. I'm in it for the
0: camaraderie. I'm could I possibly be too cozy with the commissioner. <laughs> <laughs> we to, will to get. Be we will get to that. <laughs> we will get to that. I've in, got the receipts. in a hot second. Stay tuned. <laughs> just, Do not. Just, you want to hear this episode? Just
2: wait. Uh, this is the slow to,
1: boil like artisanal horror films. <laughs> yeah, we
2: need to we need to chug along here too through through some. Uh, Speaking some of chugging. Some rules. But, some,
0: well, before we get that? to that, I just want to say, we will find before the end of season one of this podcast, we will accurately identify the damn naysayer, and we'll also hear from everyone about what what they think if we I stick think, with Redraft. Or if I we think that could be a
2: team name for me at some point this year. The damn naysayer. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But I'll we're, like we're going to find him. We're going to talk to everyone on this podcast. We're going to find where everybody... lies on this issue, and I think it'll be a more nuanced discussion going into next year. Quick Quick
1: insertion here. I didn't answer that question at the top of the hour. It is okay to change your name from year to year. Part of the creativity and kind of joy de vivre is is to what is the the hottest thing of the day. So, to your question earlier, my team name this year is Neil Armstrong. There's a hot movie coming out called First Man, which is going to track... The first guy to walk on the moon, and except it's Neil with a K N double E L. we've
0: got to play on words here.
1: But it might change as uh, the fall unfolds. Uh, it's just an encouragement to all y'all out there who might be thunder and lightning again, or who are the chefs. Despicable we know who you. Yeah,
2: it's up to you. I, I mean,
0: Matt, you. I, have-
2: I love that. I actually am planning to change my my team name every single week. Love it. So. You know, hey, the th- th- name of the week is. Uh, are you effing ready for it? Exactly. You know, playing Robert, uh, <laughs> fearless leader of Ruf. Uh, I can't wait to dig him down. You're gonna tweak your opponent every week with your name. Tweak my opponent every week. With Meaning, your like,
1: head. are you gonna like have a dig?
2: Oh, totally. I mean, I'm. I'm already planning. I'm already planning ahead. Just wait. Just wait. Seth. Am
1: I gonna get
0: WTF <laughs> trading mixing? <laughs>
2: Uh, We'll see what happens with that. <laughs> All right.
0: The other thing that happened draft night, we made three rule changes. The first one is to punishments. Um, so I don't know if anyone feels like they want to take this one. The first cool. thing that jumped out to me was just both Steven and Robert said that the fact that five minutes of stand-up comedy being the punishment actively was a detriment to the enjoyment yeah, that they had yeah, in the league yeah, last year. it made
2: it Not fun, they said.
0: Yeah, which it wasn't an incentive?
2: No, no they no, like the, the f- fact the the that, that was the a f- threat. Stand up comedy made fantasy football not fun.
0: Right. And I don't think that's what anybody wants with the punishment. The discussions we had made it seem like there's gotta be a level of like either physical challenge or embarrassment or, you know, just embarrassing things. And like everybody wants that, but ideally the punishment should kind of be a fun thing but definitely not something that we want to take away from the level of fun that people have in the league. So right. how do you feel about the fact that we've changed this to... You now have three options, and you still have to do something that you wouldn't willingly choose to do. True. But... I like it, you know.
1: I As long as it's you wouldn't willingly... That's the key qualifier. As long as you wouldn't willingly choose to do it, right. you've got enough incentive. I didn't know the fear got so terrifying that people were giving up joy and hope Um, you know we're grown men I don't know what quite to say to that but I'm in favor of the choice because for other members of the league doing five minute of stand ups I've heard is a bit of a bucket list item even if it's Hmm. both uh, terrifying
0: and not ideal right yeah that's a shout out to Jamie (laughs) Uh <laughs> you guys want me to hit you with my type five right now?
1: Are you gonna fish if you were in the second bracket, are you gonna tank so you can do the stand-up? Wow. That's the question. No a little, and little
0: push out the door. <laughs> <laughs> uh I I care too much about my fantasy football reputation to, to ever tank. But that's also a good segue into the second rule change, which Matt, I'll let you, yeah, you take so, it away here.
2: The the draft order is gonna be a, shifted a little bit this this coming this next season. Um Depending on where you place, you can actually get the option to choose, uh, yeah, just just choose where you want to be. Yeah, draft slot. Um, Having said that, that's a funny thing. I mean, I feel like as trades have increased um, and people get more comfortable with those, I I wouldn't be surprised if more people trade draft slots um, this coming year or make make trades the day of, uh, you know, just of, of actual picks. Um I think Travis kind of dropped a uh, a huge surprise in there with the option to have a uh, a draft day you know act you know t- trading actual picks I think that's kind of a a wild thing that he just you know dropped in there without without
0: letting anybody know ahead of time but um and he was very nonchalant about it yeah, which totally. I loved I love that
2: um reality is it was a huge deal I don't know what he was thinking um but yeah anyway so obviously preferred Prefer draft slots. If if you want to, your slot, you get to pick it if you win, um, or if you do well.
0: Yeah, it's it's determined by where you yeah, you finish where in where the season. So one through twelve, starting with the person that wins the league, they get to choose their draft slot, and then the second place through twelfth place finishers get to choose their draft slot based off of yeah. of where they finish in the standings. So. That person in twelfth, if everybody else picks different draft slots, you know, maybe they're they're drafting seventh or sixth, depending on how did people. You, did you feel. feel good
2: about our trade? Uh, what was it, fourth or seventh?
0: Yeah. So Matt
1: and I. Made, Speaking of collusion, though, I want to point out for those who haven't put it together that Matt and Jamie are roommates. So presumably, y'all were mock drafting side by side in the weeks leading up to the draft, and I had a question about. Did you all come in ready to be like? I want this guy. You want this guy. Fourth and seventh.
2: So I, I'm not I trying will, to
1: throw shade at what's coming at me, but I will admit I that, did wonder.
2: I will admit that the trade did occur three weeks prior to the draft <laughs> uh, last year. The trade, my trade with Travis, that was a split second <coughs> impulse, uh, spiritless impulse decision. It did not turn out the way I wanted after the fourth week when my top four players tanked, but. Uh, this time I thought ahead And Jamie was on board I think it worked out great for both of us What do you, what do you think?
0: Yeah and I think the the biggest thing that it, it came down to Was You know a little bit of fandom uh, Matt threw out the idea And moving up to the third slot Gave me a chance at Ezekiel Elliott and as a Cowboys fan I've never drafted Zach Zeke On a team before So I was like yeah if you're if you're offering that Definitely, I'll I'll take Zeke and kind of figure out the rest as I go, and he he was definitely worried about Devonte slipping all the way back to to the bottom round or the bottom half of round two. Yeah, um, yeah, that was a big motivation for me. And no. and you know felt really good about those first seven players that he either gets a star running back, one of those studs, or Antonio Brown. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Let me interject and say, I had no expectation of getting a B.
2: That was a huge surprise,
1: and a huge bonus. Now that Le'Veon is a huge question mark, though, I heard he might sign he might on coming, tomorrow, Saturday. He might,
2: he might be coming back next week, which I'm, or which this? I'm, yeah. which I hope is not true, considering because a B
1: blows
0: up when Le'Veon is not on the field, and his consistency over the past five years has been remarkable.
2: Hmm. I want to jump ahead to the last rule change, um the FAB uh free agency acquisition budget. Went through pretty right? cleanly,
1: I'd say. I have never knew what it stood for.
2: Uh Yeah, I feel good about that. Um it's kind of interesting. I think it makes it makes you know the Do waiver you? more equitable.
0: Me? Well, I'm just curious cuz you have blown through 20% of your season's <laughs> budget. Before week one. And Alfred Morris. Jamie, you got to spend money. Journeyman. To, you got to money to make money. Alfred Morris. Um, you know, your third round pick, Jarek McKinnon, unfortunately, tears his ACL yeah, in, heartbreak. In, in the preseason. Heartbreak. That's Nobody wants to see that. Um, you feel like your hand is forced a little bit. And, you know, you bid big on Alfred Morris. I had to have him. And I thought, I I thought you way overbid. It turns out that you. The next highest bid was. I overbid by twenty nine dollars. Twenty nine dollars. Who was so, that? Uh,
2: that was Caleb. Yeah, Caleb bid seventy five. I because I
1: put in fifty four, yeah. but part of that was to spite you for voiding the trade. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, I man. think I still had Ronald Jones at that moment. That's who I was going right. to drop. Everybody's oh, got motivated. <laughs> but
0: if I can get a starting RB out of it, so yeah, You're I'm. Back. I'm also interested in the FAB budget. I like it a lot more that, yeah. you know, let's say Todd Gurley gets hurt or, you know, another stud yeah. running back gets hurt. Everybody has a shot to put in their highest bid. And it feels more it authentically capitalist. It. Like,
1: there's much more agency. And, I mean, what are we doing if, if we're not kind of subscribing to that in this endeavor? I think... The, the crapshoot that it was before, I could never quite make sense of it, and sometimes, even though it's probably no one's intentions, the old waiver wire model felt like spite because everyone's reading the same articles. Here's who you should pick up this week, and sure, you want those points on your bench, but you also kind of want no one else to have those points on your bench. But now, if you're, say, top RB goes down, you're willing to go all in because it actually could be a season saver. And other people are mitigating the risk more versus what they want to hold
0: their money on to. So I'm a big fan of that change. I like it as well, and that kind of seemed like a you know a positive argument for capitalism from Seth. Which <laughs> You're I welcome. I don't, I don't know. We'll, <laughs> we'll we'll see where where that lies. But once again, I'm going to throw in a quick plug for his podcast. F that, <laughs> definitely take a look at it because they handle those those critiques of capitalism much much more in depth than we will we'll handle here
1: on this week's episode what to
0: make of the nike commercial back to you jamie <laughs> wow i'm i'm enticed i'm listening to that later this week <laughs> yeah jamie i i'm still a little
2: shaken by everything that went down with with uh, this trade debacle let's go but, there oof. but uh could, could you kind of give a, a summary or an overview of what went down? In yeah,
1: what did it look like to outside eyes? Yeah. I'll yeah. I'll ask that question. So we we've been Friday pushing. afternoon already, yeah. like not more than half a day yeah. since we all went
0: home. Yeah. So so we've been yeah, pushing we this off. <coughs> You've waited long enough. Here it comes this. This is one that everybody was curious about, and I apologize if I go on a two-minute monologue here, but let's talk about the trade debacle. And the biggest piece no, of well, this...
2: Why, why, why do you use the word debacle?
0: I use the word debacle because, as far as I know, this is the first mm-hmm. vetoed trade in league history. Yeah. And we'll start off there. How do you feel about, just at a philosophical level, vetoing trades? And if you ask me, I am of the belief that you should not veto a trade unless it is a clear case of collusion if 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 you as an owner and everybody here as an owner has their own method of creating value and doing their own research and making wise practical decisions we're all taking the league seriously that's to be seen (laughs) (laughs) but you know, you give, you give everyone the space to make the decision that they think is best for their team. So, in, except in cases of clear collusion, you know, I think you should respect owners' wishes. And if we feel like somebody is getting fleeced in a trade, you know, I don't know what their motivation is for making a, an extremely lopsided trade, but... You just kind of have to assume that there's some method to the madness. So philosophically, that is where I... I, have to. I I would implore most people to. Mm. Philosophically,
1: can I ask real quick then, because in a sense, that sounded like it was almost caring for me, the fact that this void happened. But I was more under the impression that this might have been more about blocking the commissioner than caring for me. And that actually
0: that patronage felt more patronizing. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and then I'm, I'm getting there. You broke up, <laughs> you, right. you broke up the Continue monologue. Continue the monologue. But yes, I vetoed for the first time in my fantasy career, which spans seven years. This is the first time that a I healthy ve- sum. that I vetoed a trade. And let me tell you why I did that. One, this trade was so bad that I can't rule out collusion. And I would very much like to see the texts. I would like to see the email communication from Seth to Travis back and forth of how this trade came to be. The second one well, is. Could you explain why it was so bad, just for our listeners? Oh, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm getting there. Once again, you're breaking up the monologue, which, which is good. I feel like people like hearing different voices. But this, this trade was so bad to me. Silencing is truth, Matt. Because. Like Seth mentioned, this happened less than half a day after after the draft. So I feel like I have to be clear here. We are talking about perceived values right now. Okay. Right? So could Dion Lewis have a better season than Joe Mixon? Absolutely. Could Deion Lewis like could Joe Mixon tear his ACL like Jarek McKinnon tomorrow? Right. Absolutely. So so this this is to say that Completely divorced from the outcome of the trade, based on the information that we have today, based off of all the expert analysis and the articles that we've read, I'm telling you that Seth made the worst possible trade, and despite any screenshots that Sean has emailed circa 2015... This is the worst trade. That wasn't so much
1: collusion. That was like straight usury and exploitation. Absolutely, someone did to Eric's neat team.
0: I don't know about lowercase e Eric's (laughs) neat neat team or or his quality as an owner, but Seth mistakenly drafts Joe Mixon in the second round. That's a key word. He gets he gets information that changes his belief of Joe Mixon's value.
2: Joe Mixon's value or Joe Mixon's character?
0: Character and value, but Seth's valuation of Joe Mixon has changed based off of this new information that he receives. Mm -hmm. Less than half a day later, without actively shopping him on the block, without going around to the league and saying, Hey, who's willing to make the best offer for this player that I have?
2: Mm -hmm.
0: He agrees to a trade with Travis for his fifth round pick. Now, I don't need to look at anybody's second round picks. I can't even accurately name my fifth round pick. It was either Corey Davis, Marquise Goodwin, or Sammy Watkins. One of those guys I took in the fifth round. I will trade anyone in the league my fifth round pick for their second round pick. Just blindly. 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 Steven's second round pick for my fifth round pick. I'll take him. Trey, his second round pick for my fifth round pick. Blind trade. I will accept. That is the gap in perceived value that all of us have right now.
2: I mean, I would say that the the best stars in the league are all in the top two rounds.
0: Top two rounds. These are True guys that, That's where you make your money. that you are counting on to take you... To the championship, that that's the decision yeah, you're making where, in, in those top two rounds. Backbone. That's your backbone. You want those top two picks, and I'm that's gonna uh, I'm gonna allow Seth to make his case. But as far as I know, he mock drafted extensively, so he <laughs> ran through several scenarios of guys that he can take one two to build the core of his team. Uh, there are several running backs taken between Joe Mixon and Deion Lewis. If you're, if you' there? if you want to do a one for one trade yeah why not go for the next adp or something like that you go you go to round five to do a one for one trade and it's it's that fundamental nature that I, I just can't get past and it's you talk about the team the team makeup you talk about the people involved it's not like Travis had a bad trade. I think a lot of people came out of this and Yahoo rankings, which suck by the way, also rated Travis's draft high. But Seth takes a much lower value than he could have gotten in this initial trade acceptance for someone that has a good a good draft. He makes his, his team exceptionally stronger, gives him a second round pick for free. So you know, if if he doesn't draft Joe Mixon On draft day, if he says, you know, I don't think he's a second round value, he gives the entire league the opportunity to draft Joe Mixon in in, in the second round, in the third round, wherever. By not shopping him, by not reaching out and trying to get the best value, you know, he just gives him for free to the person that won our league last year, who had a good draft this year. And I think it fundamentally shifts the competitive balance of the league. I think as an ownership level not trying to extort more than a 1 for 1 trade here of your second round pick is criminally negligent <laughs> is grossly incompetent <laughs> or it is straight up collusion. And I'm going to I'm going to give it to Matt here to add one thought cuz it looks like he's got something on his mind and then I'm going to give this to I'm going to give it to Seth to mount a rigorous defense because I didn't feel like displaying this during text because, yeah. you know, you can't really read emotion, intonation. Right. Um, and when you're calling someone grossly incompetent... <laughs> criminally I, negligent. Or criminally <laughs> negligent, so I feel I, like you should I, say that to their it's, face. It's a call for well, another shot of tequila. I mean, I, <laughs> I'm sitting here
2: and, uh, you know, my partner here didn't tell me he was going to light up our... Um,
0: Guest. Shout out to Zach for being our oh, editor my on, on episode three. It's Zach Robbins. All right. Uh, so... I told him to come with a rigorous defense. I, to, I got I to, it. I, to, I told him. <laughs> we have to know. What's the deal? That's your thought?
2: Before no, my I, thought
1: is... My, my thought was just... Uh, before I get into the rigorous defense, a clarifying question, because voided trades are so unusual... I think I had always been operating under the assumption. To me, it was like, you know, the old thing, they don't even say at weddings anymore. Like, if anyone th- believes why this these two people shouldn't be wed, speak now or forever, hold your peace. It was weird that Yahoo even offered it. Partly, I assume, because it was like trying to avoid this kind of gaming the system come playoff time scenario. So I always assumed right. it was like one and done. One vote right. and you're done. But I think what I learned... After our trade last week, is <laughs> right, that it right. actually, oh, totally. speaking of collusion, totally. it takes more than one vote to <clears throat> torpedo a trade. Is that right?
2: And let me admit that I texted the majority of the members of this. League <laughs> and Not said, on the group me. This is ridiculous. Veto this trade. All right.
1: There's so much grace right now in this space. <clears throat> I'm going to save the collusion charge for last. I do have screen grabs of my text exchange with the commissioner. <laughs> But I do want to kind of walk through my own process And this is not to convince anyone Either in the room or in the league This is for posterity And you're right, we'll see Maybe I have the gift of foresight Like Elrond And um, Dion's going to win me this league And and Mixon's going to be gone tomorrow Or Monday So First I draft Joe Mixon And I'll be completely honest the I had mock draft a, drafted a lot And sure enough Because our, our league comes so prepared A lot of my second picks were off the board already Christian McCaffrey Had come to me a lot in mock drafts But I wasn't betting too much on him Stefan Diggs I was thinking about going WR People are saying Kirk Cousins is going to light him up this year With Shermer gone to Won't feed it to Thielen And then Jordan Howard Was the other All of them were gone by the time my second pick came and i will be completely honest mike taglieri on fantasy pros had run an article that yes. said here are players i can't do without and i am a huge victim of confirmation bias in um which is a real thing but especially in fantasy football the problem for me in fantasy football is that it changes article to article uh, based on what I want or what I need. And so Tags had written this article I said, here's players I can't do without. And one of them was Saquon Barkley. So I was like, totally great. I already <laughs> wanted to take him with the fourth pick. One of them was Joe Mixon. This is in the run-up, all right? So just, that's a placeholder. And so he came to me. I don't pay attention to college football. And someone probably made an initial comment that snowballed. They said, oh, that surprised me, Seth. Like Because, you know, he punched one. I was like, what? And I think it was pretty clear this was news to me in the draft room. Damn. I was like, what? Oh, like Ray Rice. There's video. like clocked her in a mall food court. And I'm like, what? And I look up the video while I'm there, and it's true. And I'm like, shit, I should pay more attention to college football. Um, the same thing happened to me in my, IG, in my other league uh, drafting Tyreek Hill, thanks to Matt McNichols' recommendation. Had no idea about his college score. <laughs> That's a whole other story. <clears throat> So that's in the moment and I'm already thinking and the most I'll say about this at the moment is that like, I love fantasy football. I'm in it to win it. I read all the articles. This is a wonderful outlet for me. Uh, But I do want to feel good about the team I'm drafting. It's not just about kind of the big things. It's 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 I don't I make a point of not drafting other NFC East people because I hate rooting against my Giants um, in uh, fantasy football. When I really want them to win in real life. So I avoid Cowboys, not just Ezekiel, because I could have gotten Ezekiel. Uh, I avoid um, the Washington football team. I avoid um, the Eagles if I can, and that sort of thing. It's just kind of like this weird, right? This weird, we're superstitious beings. Okay, that's draft night. Now we stick around for poker afterwards. Are we all right on yeah We stick around for poker afterwards and people know this is sort of how I'm feeling but I'm still researching. 12:17 a.m the night of the draft. Maddie Ice has proposed a trade for you. Joe mixon to Maddie Ice, Nick Chubb to Neil Armstrong. That gets Oh I haven't even begun to get oh. started.
2: Everybody
0: in our league is very well familiar with Matt McNichol trade proposals. (laughs) Everybody in our league summarily rejects Matt McNichol trade proposals. (laughs) Or offers a counterproposal that is equally lopsided just in our favor. But Matt, go ahead.
1: We're sitting there. Oh, you want to speak to that? It's it's indefensible,
0: Uh Seth. All right, so be?
1: I get an alert while we're playing poker that this gets canceled. 12.50 a.m. Maddie Ice has proposed to trade you in dad bods. To Maddie Ice, Joe Mixon, Doug Martin, Alex Smith. To Neil Armstrong, James Conner, Ty Montgomery, a Packer, and Nick Chubb. That did get canceled. I just want to, like, we're walking through the step by
0: step because I feel like I'm on trial here. And That's exactly... The emotional feeling and state that I wanted to put you in So then the
1: next morning The next morning I wake up later than usual uh, For reasons related to draft night And I do have a proposal Dion Lewis From Who Are The Chefs We've yet to receive an answer on that question And For Joe Mixon The commissioner has woken up He made it home safely somehow (laughs) Shocker And I'm entertaining this, but I want to say I am asking myself, how much does this like kind of peccadillo of bringing ethics to bear on my fantasy football team matter to me? And so I hit the interwebs and I start Googling Joe Mixon fantasy, Dion Lewis fantasy. I had had my eye on Dion Lewis. I'm being honest here, fully transparent, Um, but confirmation bias remember that placeholder, is also at work. So I start clicking on the articles. And I've got them printed out here for those of you at home who can't see. Yahoo, 2018, RB busts, Joe Mixon's number one. We're drafting him as a rock-solid RB, 2 Let's please remember that since he's line was nothing special last season and isn't a lock to substantially improve, I'm not prepared to draft Mixon in a spot in which I need him to be a workhorse runner. This is what I'm reading. Number two, Derek Henry is a bust. So you can just see, like, I am already... I'm not saying confirmation bias wasn't at work. I'm just saying, like, huh. meaning I'm poised to receive this. But all of a sudden, the articles are coming thick and fast. And number two in this Yahoo article, Derek Hun- Henry. Uh, for those of you uh, at home, Derek Henry is ostensibly the starter for the Titans. Dion Lewis is after him. And they're saying... Um, There's no guarantee Henry will dominate touches near the goal line. This is the same article tossing Lewis's superior usage as a pass catcher, and it's plausible he sets the fantasy pace among Titan RBs in .5 PPR. I'm like, ooh, because I already have this weird little spiritual juju around offloading Mixon. Circumventing Henry for Lewis or other options... 10 to 25 picks later is the recommended move. And, of course, I mean, I'm being fair to the accusations here. I'm collapsing the two on each other. Sports Illustrated, Joe Mixon, isn't a top 25 running back. Uh, Boy, they have a whole paragraph on it, and it's similar to the same. Mixon was outside the top 30 running backs in both standard and PPR leagues last year, despite ranking 19th in touches per game ahead of... Alvin Kamara, Dion Lewis, and Christian McCaffrey, among others, blah, 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 closes without I want absolutely no piece of Mixon, flat out. So I'm like, all right, all right, all right. But you understand, and this will come up in the screen grabs, last word on profile football has an entire article on Lewis over Henry. To be fair, and I wrote this as a note to myself in my defense, last word also says Mixon is a more breakout option but one that is very risky and shouldn't be considered an RB1, which he wasn't for me. Last word on Lewis versus Derrick Henry. Uh, Lewis makes the most of his touches. Lewis is also much more versatile back. However, taking a closer look reveals that um, come the final draft days this weekend, Lewis should be the target for all players. Bleacher Report, top bust candidates number two. Joe Mixon is a popular pick to be a fantasy breakout this season, which tags had told me about. There are plenty of reasons to believe he'll disappoint instead. The first is that Mixon still seems to be struggling, yada, yada, yada. Uh, Let's not forget that Mixon isn't going to be an every down back either. Still have Giovanni Bernard, who's going to see time on passing downs. .5 PPR, projected positional ranking 28th, also... This website called The Athletic that I've never read uh, is behind a paywall, but they say the same. Subscription-based. Let me continue. And to be fair, because I'm nothing if not fair, CBS Sports says Mixon is a breakout candidate. So at the end of the day, I want to say that I took an RB3, Dion Lewis, with what articles were saying is RB1 upside and PPR boost as it is. Over an RB2 who might flame out and has a super capable backup that I have now, thanks to Zach. But of course, that's retroactive reasoning. That's okay. Uh, Who they won't hesitate to use, who is now also on my bench. And at the end of the day, ethics tilted the scales. It's a risk, but a calculated one aided by a hangover. And that won't please everyone, but I'm... I'm sleeping well I get the math I'm an NFC guy I mean, right now I'm speaking to all the non-statistical non-logical things, but I want to say when that trade came in I will fully I will fully own I will fully own that I was open to offloading Mixon I was vulnerable I was sensitive and tender I was willing to let him go. So maybe Travis came in, as all of us would, like Maddie Ice would, and said, you really want to offload him? I've got a Nick Chubb for you. A rookie running behind Carlos Hyde. And I went to the internet, and truth be told, six out of seven articles said, you're pretty much not wrong it was still crazy one-to-one. It probably is not going to matter to my audience shaking its head right now that at the end of the day I also got Emmanuel Sanders out of it. Well, I don't know. I'd, do you guys want to speak to this or do you want to run right to the screen grabs where I disprove collusion? So
0: I 100 percent want to see the screen grabs. I want to see the text. I want to see the emails. Can we have I a want little walk-through <coughs> Can We have a little walkthrough. But first of all, I just want to once again reiterate that we are dealing with immediately after the draft we are still dealing with perceived value. So the fact that it is plausible that Deion Lewis outproduces Joe Mixon I will not contest that Sure. at all. Sure. He could 1,000 000- I can't wait till it happens. <laughs> it, it, it could happen. It could happen. It 1,000% could happen. My point Is that we're all dealing with the same level of information right now, which is perceived value. And as it came out in the draft, Joe Mixon was a second round value and Dion Lewis was a fifth round value. And you traded one for one and everybody in this league will blindly trade their fifth round pick for a second round pick. So why not push for more? That's
1: a great like, point. Like with
0: all of those points about Deion Lewis, if you're if you're feeling good about that, yeah. why not come back to Trav immediately and be like, I'm fundamentally agreeing to this trade. Joe Mixon is a second round pick. Sure. You're offering a fifth round pick. Throw in Emmanuel Sanders. Throw in someone else
1: That's a great point and I think you know if I gained Any wisdom from the void and the Drama afterwards and I want to hear how that Specifically impacted you later Maddie I, I hear that And you know what did Oscar Wilde Say you know we're all in the gutter But some of us are looking at the stars And I is thought Is that I actually made,
0: Oscar Wilde or is that one that Google someone Attributes put it on to Oscar Wilde
1: <laughs> Touche I saw it on a Facebook thing and uh, I I get it. I thought I made my case, but as I said, I didn't expect to convince everyone. What I meant by that is like, it's the morning after. Some of us were really feeling the morning after. And, you know, you can hear more about this on the F That podcast, FFF That podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes. But, you know, as an ordained minister of word and sacrament, wow. I have this weird kind of... Uh, Thing about it. And like I said, I, I'm just all I'm trying to explain is how my state of mind on the morning, how the snowball started rolling down the mountain. And I do want to say I did look at other options. I looked to Zach's roster, and because I know he gives zero F's, uh, I mean, in a different way from the F that podcast about maybe the character. This was covered on episode one of Bod's Pod of his players. Just look at his roster. Though um, so he does have Demarius Thomas, who's a kneeler. Uh, and I looked at trading for him. Um, you know, it's it's a foggy state of mind. I want to say it's spirit-led, it, but that could be capital S spirit, and it could be lowercase spirit. What happened happened. I think I brought out the proof. I'm ready to go to the tape. I've, I've got the receipts of my... Um, but I'm, I'm also willing to continue to take a beating uh, If we can But you know what was fun about this Can I also say Was the drama that entailed I uh,
0: Yeah Yeah I've, I think I've, I've Pretty clearly laid out the case against If you and Travis had Proposed the same trade again I'd probably let it go The second time Vetoing the first time Registers my dissent
1: so that's a se- that's a, that's in a sense almost like a yeah side separate topic which is that what are the ethics of voiding a trade in a league of grown ass men Yeah I, um, from- who who have shown again and again that we do pay attention and I thought I brought out the proof that I paid attention um I'm not being had I certainly don't want the commissioner to take my money again You know this is this is kind of a an undercurrent to all of this.
2: Well, you certainly don't want the commissioner to take your money again, and yet you texted me and you said, "This is this is Seth via text." He said, (laughs) "We've got dueling screen grabs." (laughs) Maybe my reasons for offloading Mixon do tilt slightly against winning edge.
1: Oh, read the rest of that text, though. I remember this.
2: But maybe I also have more fun playing at the way.
1: And what I mean, does that way mean though? Because there was more to thread. It means you're reckless. No, what I meant by having more fun paying that way is like I've got a clean conscience now that
0: I don't have a, a jawbreaker on my Well, you you cited <laughs> you cited Mike Taglier earlier, and I'm just gonna bring in another quote good, from right. Tags. uh Is that he sees him as Le'Veon Bell-esque. Just on the Bengals, and that if you switch Joe Mixon to the Steelers, he's a top five fantasy running back. Is it a
1: quarterback and team
0: question? It's it's an offensive line. Uh, it's an offense. It's it's so a, it's a situation, you know. But I feel like as, that
1: supports the data I brought to
0: bear. As far as skill set goes, he sees Joe Mixon as Le'Veon Bell esque. Are you okay on
2: Let's get to the convers. Let's get to the conversation. With All him right, we're gonna floor. bring in a role
1: play here. Um, because obviously this is juice that's going to nourish us all season. As requested, I screen grabbed my text exchange. I'm nothing if not about transparency and integrity. This is with um, Travis Bickell, who some of you might know as the commissioner yes. of the Dad Bods League. I'm going to play the role of me, and I'll be Travis. Jamie's going to be Travis. We're going to go to the tape here. This is Friday, ten fourteen a.m. The morning after the draft. Seth, pretty solid
0: hangover here. You get home okay? Yeah, same. How do you feel about how the draft went? Parentheses in general for you?
1: Good. You excited to sit with it this morning once I find some coffee and dig deep on what came my way? I'm surprised, not surprised, at how in depth we all went on similar zones of players that made it exciting and tricky.
0: I had a blast. Lots of surprises, which is fun.
1: Ha, yeah, which happens every year, and yet I always think I'll have some kind of inside track on a guy. I like my first seven picks a lot, though we'll seriously look at that Nixon trade, though Nixon came through. Too bad I was impatient on that poker. Ha ha, who won? Yours truly. Ha, you're welcome. For those listening at home and who weren't there, I don't, it
0: doesn't matter. Ha ha. Thanks. You were hilarious. In an endearing way, I hope. <laughs> yep. Shit,
1: I had no idea about Tyreek Hill's past for some reason either. I scooped him up in the iJam League. Hmm. So, let me annotate that a second. At this point, I, Seth, am looking at all those articles you've already heard about, which have led me to news about Tyreek Hill's uh, malfeasance in the past. Alright, back to the text. This is still Seth. This is good podcast fodder. I've got thoughts on Hill. I'd love to hear. There's a good Sports Illustrated
0: article on it. He did something terrible, but has done everything right after. Seems like he's turned around his life in a big way.
1: Said the Chiefs fan. (laughs) Back to the text exchange. Yeah, that's what the SI article unpacks in a careful way. Different from other players, while not excusing it. The consequences in owning it are better slash more.
0: That's the sense I get.
1: They raise the interesting question, though, of video slash photos. How consequences accrue more severely to those with videos, perhaps. But yeah, that compared to others, he's walked the road with ownership. Emoji of a fist pound. Rockin' and rollin' and the season hasn't even started. Um, so, annotate. This is Friday at 1.37 p.m., I have now accepted the trade. Three and a half hours later I've done what I believe is my due diligence. Rocking and rolling and the season hasn't even started means I've just accepted the trade, which I would posit is me recognizing that it's crazy to accept a trade before 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 games have even been played. This, it's new. This All right. is amazing. We're still
0: <laughs> Seth has revealed crazy. has revealed his text message threads. Which seem entirely incriminating Nah Jamie Schleicher here nah. Playing Travis Paquel. The next text Says of course It makes me The unethical one Facepalm.
1: So Travis is acknowledging That he has no qualms That there are problems To having Mixon And then he Face palms it And then I say True I evaluated some trades With Zach too Who gives zero F's He's got a whole team Of ne'er-do-wells ha Ha Haha. Ha. You trading cheetah? In IJM? Yeah. Ha, good question. I did just pull up the F-Pro PPR rankings for WR. Part of this is a fun mental exercise slash podcast fodder question, though I love fantasy for its own sake and wanted to get in the bar slash living room with y'all guys as much as possible this fall. And by its own sake, I'm definitely trying to win here. I said this after accepting it. Matt talked me into Hill. I was actually looking at Amari and Tate with that pick. And Hill fell to me. It's all his fault. Ha ha. And then we get into talking about who I might trade Tyreek Hill for. Um, And then, uh, so I'll jump ahead. One more screen grab. Saturday, 9.50 p.m. Sunday morning, for those of you at home, is when the trade would have gone through. Whoa! Who vetoed our trade, Matt? That's not cool. <laughs>
0: Three question marks. Just gonna try again. That's lame.
1: I just got an email saying it was vetoed, <laughs> and you all know the rest.
0: And you know the rest. Uh, Matt, I, 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 Matt, I, I, Matt he, vetoed the trade. You know the rest? <laughs> I, I vetoed the trade. Caleb Fleming vetoed the trade, although he kind of feels like Donald.
1: He he. So You're he admitted, it. he vetoed it, and he regretted being a part of it after the commish went on his warpath right. and group me.
0: I think Trey was Speaking kind of in kind of the same the spot. So path.
1: yeah, let's talk about Sunday morning a little bit. Caleb backtracked, but yeah. there was also some in-person contact. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the aftermath a little bit.
2: Uh, I still haven't spoken
0: to Travis since this deal went down. In person.
1: I did mention to him, I don't think there's a screen grab of this, but I said Matt appears to think this was before the veto. I did tell him Matt appears to think this was unethical, which we've already covered. And I think he and I were like, you just don't veto grown ass men's trade. Y'all saw each other at church on Sunday?
2: I thankfully did not run into him. So I I think Oh I thought he said something too. I you.
1: think the, No,
0: no, no. He texted me. I what think did the, he text you? I think the funny part about this is that, you know, if you veto trades in other leagues, if it's, an, it's another thing, you know, people are making subjective value-based judgments here, right? The fact that everyone is like, whoa, Seth knows what he's doing. There was, <laughs> there was this unconscious, implicit acknowledgement that Seth unanimously got screwed in this deal, which once again goes back to my point that everyone in this league would blindly trade a fifth-round pick for a second-round pick. And the eventual trade that happens. Travis also throws in sixth round pick, Emmanuel Sanders. Okay, now it seems like Seth has made a grown-up decision.
1: Who articles also say is probably going to get a lot in the slot from Case Keenum.
0: But once again, like, that one, at least people can wrap their heads around. Okay, Seth trades a second-round pick before any games are played. We're talking in the day after the draft, which is another part to me, because, like... You know, after week one, we actually see people on the field. A lot of a lot of new judgments will be made. Sure. Based off of pre-draft information. Pre-draft information, just trading a second round pick for a fifth round pick. I get it. I once again go to the statements. Grossly incompetent. Oh. So I haven't convinced the table. Criminally negligent (laughs) or
1: Collusion. So all I've tried to establish is that there was legitimate buyer's remorse compounded, though, by me making the case that I had informed consent from well-established
0: online fantasy football articles I could back it what up. What does Matthew
2: Barry have to say about
0: and Joe we're, Mixon? We're talking about plausible production once again. Didn't I've, he quit his column? No. no he, he, stopped doing, he stopped doing stopped doing love, hate. He gave it up, but he loves Joe Mixon. All right. But he's still, he's still doing the him, fantasy man. podcast. He's still writing an article a week. His life revolves around fantasy. So
1: uh, let, let's like, because we've been going a while, stepping back to 30,000 feet. If I'm understanding what's at stake, it's more about are we tilting? I, I think I've also disproved collusion. That was the text
0: thread. I don't know. Travis... Very clearly stated that he's the unethical one in this situation. So. I think he meant unethical by I mean he has no qualms about having a woman beater on his team. I, I don't know. That's we we read the text for everyone. They can do their own judgment. This is this is for the, this read, is in the league's hands now. We can't
2: read minds. We'll let we'll, we'll let some other people interpret.
1: Um. Well, there you have it. I, so I, thirty thousand feet. Like, what does this say? There's a few questions. I'm not trying to wind us down necessarily because I could talk all day. But what does it say about the league in terms of, like, who are we in terms of policing each other, checking in on each other, and, the the, you know, like, letting people's values be values and and that sort of thing. Because we have weathered some years where people literally gave zero Fs about what they're doing, period. Case in point, Eric's neat team. (laughs) Um, and, And anyone could be had um but again this year everyone's bringing their best i and and i'm i'm here to say today i'm still feeling good about my team there's a make i know you guys might make a mountain out of molehill out of this but like there's a bit of a wing and a prayer to my running back situation but i'm feeling good about
0: it so i I think for me personally, like I said, the fact that this happens less than half a day after the mm. draft is is the biggest part. It's a for process me question. Because nothing the timing, the timing is huge deal. Uh, like nothing it. changes in that time. If you do not draft Joe Mixon on draft day, he
2: goes in the second, he goes in the third. There's no way he's there in the
0: fourth. Well, I I take him the next pick 100%. It's a good point. But everybody in the league has the chance? Travis had the next pick, didn't he? Was he the first no, I, pick? No, I had the next you. pick because okay. it, was, it was coming back around. But right. everybody has a chance of like, okay, maybe I don't value Joe Mixon at a second round draft pick if, okay. if you do that. But everybody has that decision to make. Right. Whereas... The trade that you guys make immediately after the draft, it's just a fifth-round pick for a second-round pick. Was Amari Cooper
1: which, still available?
0: N- uh, no. Because if
1: I could do it all over, here's the Actually, thing. is I was I was panicking a little bit that everyone I had mocked, which I, I said was not available. So I think all that might I, I'd have gone for that I was feeling good about was probably Golden Tate at that point. Right. And no. Oh, so I want to own this a sec. I did get digs. I got digs on the come around. I, yes. Because of how RB happy our league was, you're right. I got Mixon because I knew he wouldn't be available to me in the third round when I wanted to take Diggs first. That's how I'd done in my mock. I kept taking Diggs in the second round because those mocks were popping him. And I am feeling very good about Stefan Diggs. You
2: really wanted Mixon. I panicked Mm. on the
1: RB stuff and I I felt good about it. But again, until I learned, new information came to light. New shit's come to light, man. Right, about, about his She talent? kidnapped about herself, his talent? man. She kidnapped herself. And, what was that new
0: information? And for me, as evidenced by the trade that got approved by the league, Joe Mixon and Ronald Jones <laughs> for Deion Lewis and Emmanuel Sanders, you just have to ask for more. If you're convinced of Deion Lewis being a better player than Joe Mixon, that makes you feel good about the trade. Yeah. But you can 1,000% get more. And by not doing that, by doing this immediately after the draft, I think it slightly upsets the bounce of the league because there are definitely people in this league that value Joe Mixon in that second-to-third-round range. And you're just giving him to Travis, once again, our league champion, good drafter. He had a strong draft. Everybody likes his team. team. And you just give him a second-round value for a fifth-round pick like this – I hear this and I, I take
1: it seriously and sort of like, you know, I don't know that we'll reach a detente about it, Good word. but like what we're kind of talking about is what I'm hearing from the league is that I and perhaps the commissioner threaten to undermine the integrity of the season and the league, but then on the one side, it's also a question about who we are and who is what is our integrity as individuals within the league? And I chose the latter
0: uh, for myself, and that's perceived. And then extrapolated so that decision to the rest sort of the like, league. Yeah, you've made that decision, which I respect. I will never malign someone for their ethical. Oh, so we've got you on tape, sure. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not going to malign you for that. We are talking about you know letting everyone make that decision for themselves, and they did not get that opportunity. Travis is the only one. That benefits from your more. So it's conviction. a question really of like if Mixon was really on the market,
1: then everyone needs a fair shot at him. But exactly. in a sense, in a sense, I almost here, I'll say this, I hear what you're saying. I I stuck more to my own guns by saying, like, doesn't matter. I don't want him. And Travis is
0: the sole beneficiary sure. of that decision. Only because you canceled I, that Nick I, Chubb trade so
2: fast. <laughs> I, I think that Kidding. this leads. I think this lead. This this whole conversation leads into a, uh, a listener question Oh that I'm going to go ahead and post. We still good. Um, all right. I'm gonna, I'm, let me play, let me play this question. Oh, audio. This is, this is Trey, your fantasy football brother.
1: Uh, my long-awaited question for Pod Number Three, Pod 3.0. I know you've drafted your beloved Saquon, and with your first pick. And so my question as not only my fantasy football brother but my fantasy football pastor. Five weeks from now we find out that Saquon's a Nazi. What do you do? <laughs> Ooh. It's a bold wow. question. So wait, one, hold one, on, I heard laughing in the background. One, Who is he recording that with? <laughs> but once again,
0: not from my hometown but hometown area. Yeah. Saquon is an amazing Individuals, so this is purely hypothetical. But we get this information in a few weeks. Saquon is a Nazi. What do you do? I take that as a euphemism. Is like I'm, I'm
1: understanding Trey's question as like we find out something problematic about Saquon. Sure. Or because sure. we're not, I think we can totally. all we can all probably have a safe bet that he has
0: an alibi for August 12th, 2017. And also just like going back to high school, like amazing yeah. individual. Jamie's going high to bat here for the character of Oh
1: Saquon you see. Um, Trey, excellent question. I, I'm going to take it as a, as a, as a metaphor, meaning like we find out something deeply problematic about Saquon that perhaps, um, he choked or beat, like, you know, a, a college girlfriend or, like, one of my other beloved giants did or someone on my team. So, I'm not trying to dodge the question when I say that Yahoo's not going to let me drop him, right? Uh, he's one of the undroppable so I'll just put that out there. He has to be traded.
0: So, will you trade him for a six-round pick? Well, in
1: a sense, I'm also speaking a week after the most infamous trade in the league. I he would he would be on the market i i i would have to stick to my guns i i mean that and i'm saying this also from my heart this isn't just for like shits and gigs i would feel icky about you know banging on that and i think part of that has to do with the fact that like i want the nfl has not found a consistent way to deal with this what, what i have a problem with this isn't a soapbox moment is the inconsistency related to drug charges. You know, the guys who get busted for marijuana um, are penalized so much more harshly than those who um, uh, get busted for for so much worse, uh, so much worse. And I think if we had more standards. So this is me wrestling with those standards. But you know what? I You know, I believe Jamie, when he says that Saquon's a man of upstanding character, And to me, he's not a giant yet, so my loyalty is to the organization, uh, not the individuals. I think the Giants have shown themselves to be, uh, you know, as they had with their kicker, I'm even forgetting his name, who turned out to be a chronic uh, domestic abuser, cut him loose. Um, This isn't me looking for pearls um, in what I believe is a pretty problematic institution, but I'm gonna try to wind down that answer here. Um, and say, I, I hear your point, and I'm, I'm willing to pay the penalty. Um, you know, and I think if the NFL took it more seriously, other people would be forced to ask themselves this question uh, about, you know, charges levied against the LaShawn McCoys and Ezekiel Elliott's and Big Ben's. And so I might turn it back around and, like, what are you all doing with these guys on your teams? Boom!
2: Hmm. <laughs>
0: So, it, like I said, once again, Saquon Barkley, outstanding individual that so much respect for, for his character as a person and just the things that he's done, both in the local community and with his increased platform. Really? But, yeah. Oh, yeah, good. See, I, I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, no, he's... He's a giant! <laughs> awesome person. Um, did Still does a lot of great things in Whitehall and in the Penn State community. But... I, I can assume if, if something comes out that you'll reach out to Travis with with a great trade offer. So we'll 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 see. We'll see what happens there.
1: Opening sun any given Sunday, y'all. It's coming up.
0: When are we expecting this well that's we'll be edited yeah, out anyway. We'll we'll We'll, <laughs> we'll see when it happens. Uh, we've we've got two last things that, that we really want to touch on here. One is the podcast is not the only forum that we have for league communication. We also have an increasingly vibrant group thread and also some great email chains. I think we all agree that Sean came out with an email based off of Patreon subscriber only episode, hidden episode 2.5 that was straight fire. Yeah, he was laying claim
1: on years of this league just saying like we are an institution now and i'll also say that this whole debate we've had about the trade if i'm i'm not just trying to be pollyanna here we it's a testament to how much we've grown together um how seriously we're all taking this and sean i lol several times <laughs> um grace came up and it that to me is just you know
0: it's a forward step so, I, I, I think there were two things there. The first one is that Travis, for his own personal reasons, did not think that Sean listened to the podcast. Hmm. Made a bet based off of that claim that if Sean mentioned a secret word, as we mentioned, shibboleth, shibboleth. shibboleth. Uh, Sean would get five points in the week one matchup, which I was like, whoa, does the commissioner have this power this concerns me. to do that? Yeah. Then I looked at the matchup, and the matchup week one is Sean versus the commissioner. All of a sudden, I was completely okay with it.
1: No collusion.
0: So Sean listens to the podcast, drops the code word, names his team shit I didn't catch that. I don't think I've listened. Yeah. Yeah. There's been some... Does that, and Travis does the right thing in this situation. He acknowledges that, yes. Totally owns it. He is on tape making that offer. Sean comes through on it. He gives Sean the first five points I, for He has one. power to do that. That, I hope that concerns me. I think only against himself, and that's uh, that's something that I would say.
2: Sure, totally. But I, I think that, uh,
0: secretly, um, I hope this bites me in the butt. The second part of Sean's email. Uh, so on I, a, can I interject? On, uh, on do do you think that...
2: I mean, Sean's email had to take at least... It took some time. Mm, six hours of prep,
0: I'm going to say. There were I, a lot of links. I doubt that. Had to, well, I'd hang, say hang on. I'd he had say to l- listen to three podcasts. I'd say a minimum of 15 minutes to draft that email.
2: No, no, no. But I'm saying he, he had to listen to three podcasts. And he had to scroll through a whole lot of old emails. Find
0: a screenshot from 2015. And then he had to write up this thing. I mean, this thing was what? I mean, I don't know. A five-paragraph, ten-paragraph email? It was a big email. I still think the actual writing of the email didn't take more than 15 minutes. That's true, but, I, you know... That much reading and research, uh,
2: I, I was just surprised, sure, um, and impressed. Um, it's what the sport. I can't needs. totally tell if it was, uh, you know, vindictive, so to speak. Um, you know how frustrated is he? Uh, it, it was both hilarious and a little bit, uh, huh? You know, do we have an actual right. rivalry here? Is there, is there yeah. something going on that we should be? you know, at minimum intrigued by, but perhaps even um concerned about. Who even knows? Uh so I'm really interested in, in the development there. Um, you know, and what continues to go on between uh between uh between Sean and Zach this season, but their matchup will be one to watch out for.
0: Um curious what will what will happen. Yeah. Two two things from that email regarding that. Um uh, definitely very excited to have Sean on the podcast and ask him, you know, which which level is just kidding and fun, lighthearted trash talk. And two, uh which which ones, you know, coming back with a uh, you know not not liking being labeled as the most overrated owner in the league. And yeah. credit to Zach, we asked him a hard question on the podcast which we're going to do this entire season. I, I feel like Seth is probably feeling a little defensive based off of the way that we've worded some of this trade discussion. Um, but that, I've got a clean conscience, y'all. And also, you know, I think I think this is definitely my leader for premier rivalry in the league right now. Sean and Zach, Trey threw, threw down the gauntlet. Is there going to be some type of bet who ends the season in a higher position... We'll see if anything develops there, but I'm watching. Uh, what's this your one. money on? It? If you if you had to bet,
2: who would you pick?
0: So I really liked Sean's draft. Um, I think Stephen gets really lucky with the Saints being on by when mm. when they match up. Mm. So he he misses true. Kamara. He misses Michael Thomas Ingram Ingram um, in week six or seven. I forget when that is. Um, you know he is he's a little dependent on the Saints and the Patriots, but. Sean had a strong draft. We'll see what happens with Zach. He's got a couple, couple aging superstars like LaShawn McCoy.
2: I've got a lot of boom and bust options. I
0: feel like. Well, we'll see what happens there. But if I had to pick one, I'd I'd hedge a little bit towards Sean right now.
2: Hmm. I'm at a, I'm at a hard time not agreeing with you on that.
1: Yeah. It underscores how much we're beholden too to just what happens in real life. In the league Meaning Sean's been the victim of injuries there One of the yeah. smartest most engaged players And so that's really the test Of Zach's statement I think is that You know in the in the sweepstakes For who makes the most league moves I'd say Matt's consistently gold I'm silver but Sean's bronze I'm, certain, I'm certainly winning right now And certainly it doesn't <laughs> It doesn't speak to where you land in the league It's just sort of a testament to how much you're trying Perhaps I don't know uh, they don't give out a trophy for it. But
2: I do wonder if there's such a thing as trying trying too much but um, what else we got?
0: I mean the last thing we, we were going to touch on was the Le'Veon Bell thing. Uh, tough, tough break for Cody but it remains to be unseen. Does he come in week two? Does he come in week ten? Um, but as but we- you mentioned in another forum you know your fantasy life is kind of A little bit like a roller coaster, roller coaster
2: fantasy life. You've got Connor,
1: Cody's got Le'Veon, right?
2: Yeah. So I'm gonna spend a couple days. You know, I lose Jarek.
1: So you've got at least an RB one replacement for one week. I spend
2: a crap ton on Alfred Morris.
1: RB one ish.
2: Oh, heavy ish. RB two ish.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be committing. Hot hand is what I heard in Forty Nine er land.
2: Hot hand. And then next thing I know, like. Shoot, Leg on Bell, not you know, not coming to camp, not coming to the team, not signing his tender. Uh, that'd be awesome for me.
1: What's fascinating for me about this a little bit, talking about like NFL in real life, is that no one saw this coming. He was consistently the number two off the boards up until this week when they all of a sudden got new Intel. How does no one, and for how much the sport is covered, how does no one yeah. know that he's all of a sudden potentially I'm, gonna be like, I don't want this franchise tag... And it's all Connor and his whole offensive line. Do you see on Twitter the Pittsburgh offensive line is sort of done with this? Yeah, Foster's it's, upset. They, they don't Pretty
2: curious to me. I don't see. I don't think that I would. Have, I, I would not have taken Bell second overall if I was in Cody's spot. I. I don't need any uncertainty.
0: That's right, and especially another, not in round one. In another league, once again, this is influenced a little bit by Cowboys fandom. But I had the number two pick, and I took. I took Zeke over Le'Veon Bell and I'm feeling Aren't really good bad. about that now. Aren't you good? I also forewent drafting a kicker in that league and I took That's right. James Conner in the fifteenth round. Wow. And I'm also feeling really good about that. It's
1: a good strategy. I you know, and I, I will say this again, no one's gonna believe me, but Saquon Barkley's sweet, tender hammies. Did almost preclude me. I I had Antonio Brown as a backup. If if there had been even a whiff again, confirmation bias, first round, you don't mess around with. So that's what's so crazy about it, is that no one in the Steelers had any idea he was just. And no one's talking to anybody with their franchise what? running back.
2: I, I, I'm not buying that because you you've seen so many guys hold out this year mm. and get huge contracts. True. Uh, For Le'Veon, I think he there yeah. should have totally been more trepidation about Le'Veon Bell. I mean.
1: He couldn't have signed a new one though after mid July, so in a sense.
2: They they couldn't have gotten a deal done?
1: I don't know. Are we all saying this out of sympathy for Cody or more for like is it more about your running back situation Mm -hmm. as the host of the pod? Are we you are you wanting Le'Veon to hold out for ten weeks now?
2: Oh, I mean heck yes I (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Hmm. There you have it. This is why we play the game. Intriguing situation. I do love his new team name, though. What the What the Bell? Have you seen that? His, yeah, that was Cody's good. team name is is a good one now. Good response. Um,
0: but uh, unless we've got any uh, other questions, so I think just one final thought on your roller coaster life and fantasy life. There are rumors that you have a phone call with the San Francisco Forty Nine ers later today. Is uh, that, what's this about? What that is true. Uh, An interview. So I am a free
2: agent. As it were, and in life, in life, ditto. uh, In real life, ditto. Not in fantasy life, ditto. Uh, For all you
1: listeners out there, I'm I'm looking
2: for a job. Yeah, hire me and Seth. That's Seth, by the way. Uh,
0: (laughs) Ah, which brings us to our sponsor, (laughs) ZipRecruiter. Just kidding. We're we're unsponsored. But when you're old, call Sean. And if you need to do laundry, who's our sponsor there? Crazy the Motherload. motherload. The motherload. The motherload. You do life. We do laundry. Um, yeah, so it's funny.
2: I, I, I sent a message to this guy on LinkedIn who works for the 49ers. And I said, hey, bro, your, son, your job sounds awesome. And he said, yeah, dude, it is. And What's uh, the job? We kind of went, we, we went back and forth. He, he works Good as a advertised. manager in um, strategy and analytics for the 49ers. And, uh, like Moneyball? Uh, kind of, but not really. So, we, know went, we just we just went back and forth, and uh, uh, next thing I know, he's asking me for my resume. Um, and then today, I've got a call. So, this boom. episode is
1: also brought to you by LinkedIn.
2: Uh, so you know the Niners. Hey, I'm a Packers fan, but uh, is there a
1: position or is it more
2: about? There is like- a position they're hiring, and bro this is kind of an inter- informational chat. We'll see what happens.
1: We'll see. This afternoon? Yeah. I also have an interview uh, with a California organization. Oh, really? Brave New
2: Films. We'll shoot. Mm-hmm. I hope we're both flying to uh, California soon. <sighs>
1: I'll always be a Giants
2: fan. Hmm. That's exciting, man. If they pay me the money, I'm, you know,
0: 49ers all the way. By the time you're pay listening me. to this, pay me the money. It's crazy. It might have a lot of inside information on Jimmy G, Marquise Goodwin. We oh, yeah, George? this is my good Dude, one. I George have good-
2: Kittle. Marquise is going to be, I think he's going to be huge. I was really looking for him in the 5th or 6th. I, and got, him. And I got him. I got
1: him. So this is also the thing. My bench, my flex spot, this is, no one gives a shit anymore. Laker is going to believe me. But there was a piece where I felt good enough about my flex spot that I could take D on. And Marquise Goodwin is on my bench. I, I think we've
0: just dis- we've discussed the trade <laughs> ad nauseum. I, I think I think we got to close this out before people tune out. So,
2: Seth, people, it's been great it. to have you. Seth, appreciate you being on the. Pod. Thanks for Thanks me. for hosting. Uh, I would love to come back. This <laughs> was
0: our first away game. We're definitely going to have you back.
2: Yep. And My by tequila. And,
0: oh, sorry. By <laughs> by back. We'll definitely be back here. Yeah.
2: I
1: hope to host some games. I got one of those HD antennas for all you listeners out there, so I can get NBC, CBS, and Fox high def.
0: I'm pulling it out of the air. You just let me know. Like a true I anti-capitalist, we'll be here, and I'll be here in the Emmett Smith crop top I rocked on Draft night. Peace in our time. For those who saw my Instagram story, you're welcome.
1: Falling a well. <laughs>